Welcome to Arts Career Evolutions by Out of the Arts. Your hosts are Beth and Amy. We will help you bridge the gap between an arts career and a career outside the arts industry. Happy Mental Health Awareness Month, everyone. Mental Health Awareness Month is sponsored by the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And this year, for 2021, their theme is You Are Not Alone. Their website says that we will use this time to focus on the healing value of connecting in safe ways, prioritizing mental health, and acknowledging that it's okay to not be okay. Together, we can realize our shared vision of a nation where anyone affected by mental illness can get the appropriate support and quality of care to live healthy, fulfilling lives. A nation where no one feels alone in their struggle. We wanted to touch on this because here's the thing about mental health. Everyone has it. And there is such a stigma around it or an assumption that mental health only needs to be paid attention to if you have a major disorder or a major concern. But that's not always the case either. Sometimes we just need to take time for ourselves. Sometimes we just need to work on being well and being better. Beth and I actually joked as we were starting this episode, we're both struggling right now while we're recording this. Here we are talking about mental health and First of all, we just came out of a complete laughing fit because I got tongue-tied for a moment there, and we just lost it. And we're both stressed out at work, and we're both working on things, and it's some really just interesting cosmic shit. But we want to be authentic with you and let you know that it happens, it is normal, and it's okay. The best thing that we can do for ourselves is really acknowledging when we are not at our best mental health-wise. I had to have a conversation with Josh, my husband, the other day, and I, I had been feeling so good and doing so good and then totally fell off the wagon into depression. And I had to ask him, was I really doing well or was I being manic? Because sometimes you're, that's not clear. And I don't always know. And he, he can usually tell when it's happening one way or the other. But I had done so well for so long. I've had so many health issues for the last couple of years that I hadn't been doing well. So then doing well for months felt so strange to me. And, and now I have to second guess, wait, was I really doing well? Or how much of this was doing well? And how much of this was medications or stress from work or fill in the blank? And the best thing that we can do for ourselves is acknowledging that sometimes we're not on our best, is acknowledging that sometimes we're not going to be 100%. And that doesn't make us less valuable as humans. That doesn't make us less valuable as friends or siblings or partners or employees. That doesn't make us any less deserving. Everybody hits these points in their life. And whether they talk about it or not, everybody does. 
This is a totally normal human existence right and everyone goes through cycles and everyone goes you know everyone takes two steps forward and one step back and it doesn't have to be clinical depression or an anxiety disorder or a major psychotic disorder or anything like that sometimes it's just circadian rhythms and body chemistry and stress and you ate something that may have set your body and hormones off. I mean, we all have ups and downs and good moments and bad moments. And it's really important to pay attention to these things and work through them. I've been pep talking myself for the last probably two weeks. Every time I go to do something, I'm like, okay, Beth, you can do this. That's what works for me. And so pep talks are something I do all the time. I do them out loud. I do them to myself all the time. I am the queen of pep talks. If you want a pep talk, just let me know. I'm here for it. I got all the pep talks. As always, this content and things that we discuss here today are are going to appear on our social media. So make sure to check us out on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. All of this content will be there in some way, shape, or form. So if you're not taking notes while listening and you want to go back and check it out, check out our social media for some of this content. Today we're going to hear from Christine Bonaventura, who we actually heard from a couple of weeks ago, and hear how she deals with her mental health, perfectionist tendencies, and ways that she keeps her mental health in check. This was actually a bit of an outtake. It didn't appear in the original conversation, but the conversation went in this direction, and we went with it, and we wanted to make sure that it was heard, because this is such a common issue that artists in particular deal with on a very, very regular basis. So we hope you get something out of this conversation. This is another like positive thing to say. I think for me and a lot of theater people struggle with the idea of perfectionism. Everything has to be as perfect as possible, which is literally impossible. But anything that's less than what I think it should be, I like have a mental breakdown. I've come a very long way from that. um, But I'm a big believer in mantras. And one of the things I keep telling myself in theater and now my current jobs is I am doing the best I can, and that's all that anyone can ask of me. And that has truly changed literally everything in my life. And that goes to the applying for five jobs a day, applying to none, applying to 30. I signed up for LinkedIn Premium and did the easy apply and literally applied to 90 jobs in one day. That's how I got the travel job. I was waiting for my plane to go to my friend's wedding in Disney and applied for the job. And when I was sitting in the airport on my way home, I checked my email and they'd emailed me. Things work in weird ways, but you just got to keep putting yourself out there, cut yourself some slack and know that you're doing the best you can. And that's all that anyone can ever ask of you. My costume professor, Amy, once said, because I, perfectionism, I was, I forget what dress I was working on, but the bottom didn't look right. I didn't like exactly how it was laying. It was like slightly crooked. And I was like, if I keep doing this, it's just going to make it shorter and it's going to look bad. And I was like having a breakdown. And she looked at me and was like, look. 
if people are staring at the hem of this dress during that performance, the actor is not doing their job. And that truly has stuck with me all these years. And now, anytime I go see a live performance and I catch myself staring at the imperfection of the costume, like the tiny things, not something that's like drastically horrible looking. But if I'm looking at a very fine detail, that means the performance isn't that good. <laughs> and that has always stuck with me. And I say that to people. They're like, what'd you think? And I was like, not good. And they're like, why? I was like, I was way too zoned in on that like sleeve. That was weird. And I'm like, what? I'm like, you didn't notice that? And they're like, no. And I was like, well, I did. And that's why I wasn't into the show. <laughs> I came yes. there the the other way. I had to come there by justifying other people doing the best they can and then started applying that to myself but yes oh I like that Mm -hmm. yes and and also understanding because I've had a slightly different path I've been unemployed a few times in the last few years where I've been laid off from positions and laid off from positions and it's been frustrating and it's easy to start taking that personally but realizing that You can only do the best you can do. You can't control what goes on around and above you, especially in a job. You can't control other people and their decisions. And realizing that part of it is for the best because I have had new opportunities and new growth and self-awareness come out of those layoffs that have helped me focus myself more, myself and my career And uh, realizing that it's okay to not be okay sometimes, too, because I I have the perfectionist issue as well. And getting up every day and then at the end of the day not getting everything done that I wanted to get done that day because I was having a bad mental health day or because something else got in the way that I didn't have control over and realizing that that's okay. You just get up the next day and start over. Yeah. I, oh, man, that, yep. Yep. (laughs) I will say this too, um, you know, to each their own, but if you haven't gone to a therapist in your life yet, do it. I started about God five or six years ago, I think. And it changed my life. And, you know, you have to, you have to be ready to put the work in for a therapist to work for you and know that not every therapist will work for you. You might have to search around a little bit. I was lucky enough that the first one I went to worked for me, but Yeah. One of the things that she said to me that has always stuck is that not every day is going to be a good day and you have to deal with the emotions when they hit you or they're going to build up and you're going to explode. So let today be that bad day. It's okay. You're going to have them. Don't meal prep. Don't clean. Don't, if you want to become one with your couch, as my friend says, do that that day. Don't beat yourself up. You needed it because if you allow yourself to feel that frustration and get through it, tomorrow is going to be a much easier day for you. You're going to have so many more good days than bad. And that helped me get through the end of my last job when I was just so depressed and miserable. I put these mantras into place. And it's the whole, like, if you say it, you think it. The more you say it, the more you embrace this kind of thought process, the healthier and better off you're going to be. I really, really, I mean, this is a whole other topic, as Beth was saying before, but the concept of introducing mental health early on in life should be done. I don't know why it's not talked about in, like, middle school. I agree with you completely. I was one of 10 laid off at my travel job uh, to begin with, and almost the whole company stayed by. And 
I was frustrated and super upset. Like I have not cried that hard in a long time because I felt like I finally found a job I belonged in. I was happy in, it was working out and then just came crashing down. And, you know, unfortunately growing up, my dad had been laid off twice for various reasons and it was hard. And I was terrified because I had never experienced that myself. And I was like, well, why was I one of the 10? I'm never going to know. And that's frustrating for me. But I also had a friend talk to me and say, look, did you do the best you absolutely could in that job? And I was like, yeah, but I mean, like, maybe I could have tried harder. And they're like, no, 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 no. Did you do the best you could? Did you have off days? Yes, everybody has off days. It's okay. But did you do the best you could? Did you excel? Did you embrace others? Did you did you help people grow? And I was like, yeah. And like, then you have nothing to feel bad about. You're valid in being upset. So let yourself be upset, cry it out until you start to feel better. But know that things just happen sometimes and there's nothing you can do about it. If you feel like you've done the absolute best you can, then you can't take it personally and you just have to keep going. Yes. Go to a therapist. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) So true. I've been saying this the whole time. Beth can back me up on it. I'm a little frustrated because my current health insurance at my new job does not pay for therapy. So I haven't been in a long time, but trying to navigate that. It's expensive, but there are so many, because of COVID and quarantining, there's so many online options now, if you can afford it, that are great, but they are pricey. So I'm trying to figure all that out. Um, But yeah, it's just, even if you just need someone to like yell at and just vent it all out, better to do it at them than, you know, your significant other or something and start something you didn't want to. Um, So yeah, that's my plug about therapy. Or or internalizing it and then you're literally rotting from the inside out. Oh yeah. (laughs) Either either way, you're not helping anyone. No, including yourself. Nobody's benefiting from this situation here. (laughs) Right. And my friends and I have talked about it because, you know, we have our like high school group chat, right? Of friends from high school. And we joke because out of the five of us, four of us are very introverted. And one is very, very, very extroverted. But talk therapy can help either way. Because for the introverted types like myself, it helps me get out of my headspace and start to realize things rather than having them float around and get mushy in there. And for the extroverted people, it helps them talk it out so they can understand it better for themselves. Because They're not doing the processing internally. They need to externalize it in order to be able to even understand it and make sense of it in the first place. So talk therapy can be helpful no matter what. Yes, I completely agree. And I... I believe I am a straight 50-50 extrovert and introvert. I was just going to ask that. Yeah, I I have qualities of both hands down. Like I can talk to anybody easily, no problem. But the introvert comes out when I get exhausted. At a certain point, I am mentally and physically exhausted from just exerting that much energy and I need to go like hide in my bedroom. Um, But I am very much the extrovert that needs to talk everything out. And for me, just personally in my life, not just job related, but also job related, I have been, you know, gaslit and dealt with a lot of narcissists and things in my life. And I felt like up until I went to therapy, I had constantly been told that I'm 
I have too many emotions and I'm overly dramatic and all these terrible things. And it made me feel terrible. It made me feel like I couldn't express myself when I was upset or frustrated or whatever. And like the things I was saying were ridiculous. And so when I started to go to therapy, I was very nervous because I didn't know what to expect. And then after like three weeks of seeing her, I just flat out realized I just needed to say my thoughts and feelings out loud and have someone tell me, you're not crazy. You are valid in everything that you're saying and feeling. And here's why. And, you know, it's different for everybody, but that just made me feel so much better to be like, oh, so I'm allowed to be upset about this? Yeah, dummy, you're allowed to be upset about this. (laughs) And it, it started off in my romantic life that I needed that kind of reassuring thoughts and also in my career path that I just yeah, I have reasons to be upset and frustrated and it is okay because I was one of those people that bottled it all up because I was constantly told that it was too much and they didn't want to hear it and blah, blah, blah. And then I would explode. And then I was like suddenly having anger management issues. And I was like, what is happening? And as soon as I started going to therapy and talking all this work frustration out and, you know, romantic life situations out and family life situations out, she was like, look, yeah, they gave you reason to be upset. You're allowed to be upset about this. You're allowed to be frustrated about your work situation. You're allowed to be angry that your boss treated you this way. And I was like, okay. And then the beauty about therapy is that they then give, if they're a good therapist, they give you tools on how to work through it. So like, yes, you're valid in these emotions and thoughts and feelings. Now, next time this happens, here's what I want you to do. And you just talk about it and you just develop these amazing tools to become a more stable mentally healthy and supportive human being. So one of the coolest things I share with a lot of people actually, um, because when I was working in the theater professionally, I felt like I was never good enough. I felt like even if I gave it everything I had, I was constantly not good enough. And that I think is where the perfectionist part of me stemmed from that I had to do everything perfect or it wasn't worthy of it. And I never did anything perfect. So what was the point? But also I can't not do it. I was always comparing my my theatrical things to other people. You know, do I sing as well as they do? Do I perform as well as they do? Does my costume come out as well as theirs? And that's a dangerous path to go down, but we all do it. And one of the things she had me do was color. And I know that sounds so silly, but I legit have like a stash of adult and children's coloring books and color pencils and crayons. And basically what she had me do was like, look, this is art nobody's going to see it but you. So when you accidentally color out of the lines, look at it, acknowledge that it's not perfect, and keep going. And then when you're done, you're going to see that the picture is still beautiful even with that imperfection. And it seems so silly, but the more I did it, the more I came to accepting that literally nothing's perfect, but that doesn't make it any less than. And that just changed like a whole perspective of my life on so many different levels. So go to therapy. (laughs) And also art doesn't have to be on stage on Broadway. You know, art can be coloring in my, my little pony coloring book and all my Harry Potter coloring books. And yes, Beth, I do have a Buffy the Vampire Slayer coloring book. I'm just saying. That's not surprising. (laughs) That's expected. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's one of my favorites. I literally just watched Buffy for the first time ever this fall. <gasps> what? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I binged the entire series in like less than a month. 
Okay, we're going to have to have some side conversations because she's my hero and the only tattoo I have is from the last episode of her show. And the quote is, are you ready to be strong? Which is a Buffy quote, but literally applies to everything. And I got it after I got my travel industry job. And that was one of the reasons why. I love that. Yeah. Because for me, I mean, it's a vampire slayer TV show. Let's call it what it is. But she's one of my heroes because she's imperfect and goes through so much and yet still, and she makes bad decisions, but you know what? So do we, Mm -hmm. you know, you still get through it. And that's what I love about her and how they wrote that show. And she's a strong woman, badass. Yes, please. Thank you. But anytime I was ever down about work and like, I was just at my end, I would watch some of the scenes from that show and it would kind of uplift me a little bit. And I found that that was probably my favorite quote because every time I hear her say that, are you ready to be strong? There's like something in me that gets so amped up and I'm like, yes, I cried it out. It's out of my system. Let's do this. So like anytime I get upset, I look at my arm and it it just like lifts me up. And um, yeah, it's just a good reminder to like keep going. You're stronger than you think you are. And like I said, nothing's permanent. So keep going, keep trying. Why not? Got nothing to lose. Mantras are an amazing way to keep yourself in check and remind yourself that you are worthy. As Christine just said, it's one of the ways she manages her need for perfectionism. Perfectionism. Perfectionism and the drive to always be right and good and on top are self-destructive. What does that really mean? Perfectionism is defined as refusal to accept any standard short of perfection. I don't know many things in the world that are actually perfect. And Amy deals with the need to be perfect all the time. Perfectionism is one of the things that she deals with on a consistent basis. (laughs) And <laughs> we talk about it a lot in our relationship because that's not a need I have, but I'll, we'll get there. Amy, can you tell me a little bit, because you talk about giving yourself grace when you aren't perfect in the conversation with Christine, what do you tell yourself to, to accept yourself when you aren't perfect? One of the main things that I've learned to tell myself or to remind myself is that Perfectionism doesn't exist. Perfectionism is a made-up construct. It's a made-up ideal. There is no such thing as being perfect. Or if there is, it's subjective. It's Perfection is different for everyone. And so there's no possible way to be perfect. It's not realistic. And so... I'm constantly reminding myself of that and taking that further, helping myself figure out what is good for me. Oh, I like that. Is that what you ask yourself? Is this good for me? Yes. That is one of the things I ask myself a lot now. Is this good for me? And it has nothing to do with being perfect, but about 
centering yourself and making sure that everything you do and say and buy and think and wish and act is true to your center and your core and is going to fuel your fire and not put it out. So is this good for me is one of the number one questions I ask. And I also work really hard to, when I'm feeling anxiety about perfectionism, I'm having trouble getting started on a project because I'm afraid of making mistakes, I like to logically think through it. What is going to happen if I make a mistake? What is going to happen if this doesn't get done by this day or time? What is going to happen if someone is disappointed in me? Ooh, that's a hard one. That's a really hard one. But nine times out of ten, more than nine times, nine, 99.99999% of the time, the answer is nothing. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. No one's going to die. Nothing's going to go up in flame. You're just going to fix your mistake and keep on walking. And if someone were to be upset or disappointed in me, I have to remind myself that often it's a reflection on them, not on me. If I've done the best that I can, Christine talks about this. If I've done the best that I can, that's all that anyone can ask of me. If they're asking more of me than what I am able to do, that's their issue, not mine. That is their inability to be sensitive and empathetic and collaborative. Or prepare for the task at hand. You know, if their fire does not mean that you are, then should not be your stress. It's their right. fire. Right. And exactly. Yeah, we see that a lot. Yes. And I've worked with bosses who expected perfectionism from everyone, including themselves. And it was a very, very toxic environment. That's not good for anyone. When productivity and perfectionism are the standard and people are not... That's when things fall out of balance. And I was lucky enough to get myself out of that situation. But it took me a long time and complete and total miserable burnout before I finally took that step. Has it gotten easier to manage the longer you have accepted it as something to work on and have been working on it? Or does it ebb and flow? I wouldn't say it's easier, 
but I would say that it is more consistent. They're different things, right? I mean, it's always going to be hard because I don't think my desire for perfectionism will ever go away. Yeah. And so it will always be a hurdle that I have to jump over when I'm working on something and when I'm trying to move forward. But that doesn't mean that I can't put new things into play, uh, new mantras, new practices, new um, techniques to work through these things into play so I can at least find consistency in it. Yeah. But it will always be a struggle. And perfectionism, like I said, is not something that I deal with naturally as a human. I am much more interested in getting things done way before I'm worried about it being perfect. Is it done? Is it serving its purpose? That's always the question I ask myself. Is this serving its purpose? But being in the arts, I know that oftentimes I ended up with perfectionist concerns because in the arts we are so often told you are lucky to be able to do this you are you are not necessarily worthy of this and Christine talks about this a little bit if she's not doing it perfect she's not necessarily worthy of it and that is not healthy <laughs> like just because you're not perfect does not mean you are not worthy. And whoever the hell is telling us this needs to shut up and sit down. For real. Please and thank you. Hugs and kisses. Love, Tracy. <laughs> like, sit, sit the fuck down. Because we don't need this. And my my hope in the world is that we don't train other people this way. My My hope in the world is that we're breaking some of those bad habits that were taught to us in the arts and that were probably taught to them by their teachers Mm -hmm. and they're just carrying it around and and so this like you know generational trauma I guess just through academia which is a real thing yeah we're we're stealing joy from other people by continuing this concept we are stealing it. Yes. And we're stealing joy from other people and stealing joy from ourselves. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's why it's self-destructive. The more you aim for perfectionism, the more stressed out and miserable you become. And then your art is not good as a result. And it all snowballs. I can tell you there is one particular experience that sticks in my mind This was 10 years ago at this point. I was singing a role, and we had a Ziz Probe. I was singing Queen of the Night, and it is a very difficult role with all of those super high Fs and a lot of crazy color tour and just vocal gymnastics, and I was already too young to be singing the role, so it was just a beast, and we had Zitz Probe at 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning after 
having a dress rehearsal until 11 o'clock the night before. So as you can imagine, I was exhausted and a little bit angry that I had to be there and warmed up and ready to sing the Queen of the Night arias at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I got up on that stage and I I had already given up any expectations of it being good. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to get up there and just let it go. And I mean, it's not going to be good. It's eight o'clock in the morning. I'm exhausted. I've been up since five after going to bed at midnight. There's nothing good about this situation. And let me tell you, it was the freaking best I ever sang in my life. Because I did not have any expectations. Because I did not have the perfectionism and the desire and the expectation of doing well, I actually did well because my brain and body just let go and let me sing. Yeah. It's the expectation that ruins it. So if you can't tell... Amy and I are both huge mental health advocates because we know what happens when you're not taking care of yourself. And this means different things to different people. It might mean taking time off work. It might mean gardening, drinking your water. Bitch, have you drank your water? Drink your water. Not enough today. I need to drink more. I don't think I've drank enough either. I think I need like another two cups. Mm -hmm. Take your meds. Have you taken your meds? Whatever meds that is. Have you taken your vitamins? Take your damn vitamins. Everyone needs vitamin D. Take your D. (laughs) Do some journaling. Go for a walk. And don't have to quantify the walk. You don't have to say, I'm going for a mile. I'm going for three miles. I'm going for 15 minutes. I'm going for whatever. Just go for a walk. It doesn't need to be a stressful thing. That's my hard point is I want to quantify everything. So then it's hard because, oh, I didn't achieve that goal. And last, see a therapist, work with a counselor, figure out ways that you can get the mental health support that you need and the tools in your toolbox, because building up tools in our toolbox is really what life is about. The National Alliance on Mental Health, I suggest you check out their website. It's nami.org. And... They have so many resources for anyone who is looking for mental health guidance or anyone who is interested in mental health advocacy or public policy or is looking for information on mental health and treatments, and options, and research. I mean, anything and everything you need regarding mental health can be found via the National Alliance on Mental Illness website. I suggest that this month and every month you do something to take care of yourself. Maybe that means literally just figuring out what you need to take care of yourself. Maybe it is therapy. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's sleeping more. Maybe it's sleeping less. 
Maybe it is creating a plan or a vision board. Maybe there's something that's nagging at you that you just need to get done. What does it look like for you to help de-stress and work on your mental health? Think about it. Talk about it. Make a choice. And go for it. As always, thank you for listening. Don't forget to come join the conversation at outofthearts.com and on social media at Out of the Arts. If you like today's podcast, please make sure to subscribe, share, and tune in next time. Arts Career Evolutions podcast was created, written, and produced by Beth Partham and Amy Shake. Because we are super excited to flaunt our awesome transferable skills in any way we can. Speaking of... Audio engineering by Beth Partham and music by Amy Shake. Because as long as we're still paying on our student loans, you better bet we're going to keep using our degrees in the way they were intended. Arts Career Evolutions podcast is copyrighted by Out of the Arts LLC 2021.